0: Hello and welcome to What the Catcher with me, Nikki Webster. And me, Bettina Campolici-Bordi. This is our podcast for foodies
1: everywhere and we're joined by a special guest each week to share food stories and talk all about our passion for the things we eat. And I must say a big thank you to Island's Chocolate who very kindly
0: sponsor the series. They're a small British business bringing you the finest and tastiest multi-purpose chocolate directly from the family-owned farms in St. Vincent in the Caribbean. So they can rightly shout about being sustainable Ethical and the only seed, not bean, to bar chocolate. Plus, they produce multi-purpose chocolate. It's brilliant for cooking and it's the choice of many Michelin-starred chefs and we use it in our recipes as well. We love it. It's such a good chocolate to eat and to cook with. And you, our lovely listers, can get 15% off anything you order on the website, which is islandschocolate.com by using the code IslandsWTF. That's Islands, W-T-F, all uppercase, at the checkout. And you can follow them on Instagram at Islands Chocolate. So let's meet
1: this week's guest. Alexandra Dudley, you are a serial dinner party host and entertainer. You're a monthly recipe columnist for Town and Country magazine, and you write on travel and luxury destinations. You've written a cookbook called Land and Sea that is really, really beautiful, that champions seasonality, waste free, and sustainability. You host dinner parties, pop ups, and events. You have a podcast that I've had the absolute pleasure of being guest on called Come For Supper that delves into the lives of chefs, restaurateurs, authors, actors, artists revealing their most memorable dinner parties, kitchen catastrophes and ultimate dinner party invitees. And now we have the absolute pleasure of having you here with us chatting about hosting sustainable and waste free dinner party events. I think we're all ready to entertain and be entertained again, aren't we? Definitely. How are you?
2: I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for the fantastic introduction. It's nice to be here, virtually of course, but it's lovely. And yes, I am definitely ready to entertain and have people over. I'm sure you are too. Yes,
1: definitely. Very, very ready. (laughs) Very, very ready. If we can get this rain out of the way.
2: I know, where (laughs) is the sun? (laughs) It
1: feels like it's gone forever, don't you think? (laughs) We met years ago at a food expo. Do you remember that?
2: We did gosh a long time ago. Yes, I do remember.
1: That was a very very long time ago. And you launched these amazing flavored seed mixes and now we're here.
2: Super seeds. Yes. Super- yes. I miss the seed. Some I always I always feel I don't know, it's quite like nice and kind of warm-hearted when I I meet people who who know me from the seed seed era. Um because it feels like a long time ago that I was running that little snack company.
0: Was that your first foray into food? Um, I'm intrigued.
2: Um, Well, I guess so. I mean, I started it when I was still a student, but I was working in restaurants before then. um, And I kind of catered my way doing catering when I was um, at art school. Mm -hmm. And worked in restaurants Like from my early teens, I guess, sort of in the summers. And then I worked in in a bakery for a couple of months. Uh, sort of in between graduating and starting my art school but yeah I started a a snack company I sort of had big plans to take over the world and and sort of knock um, big corporations like you know like Mars and Nestle and I was like determined to be on on the shells like uh, replacing them and it was a great experience I mean I met some fantastic people on the way which which is was fascinating and just really lovely and it's really lovely to still to still kind of be friends friends with so many of them but I definitely do not miss um, selling uh, kind of like consumer to consumers in that way I don't think
0: it's hard work isn't it
2: I think yeah, it is hard work everything is hard work but I think yeah for me I really I just didn't love it I felt like I was really selling mm. a physical product and I, I think also I like to do lots of different things at once which I know you're not meant to like. But I really like doing lots of things at once. And I think what I really love about what I do now is that there's so many different elements as writing and cooking and then like doing events, but then also doing more kind of at home, slower paced recipe development. And then I interview people and I much prefer the kind of diversity of what I do now, even though it's still very obviously very connected to food, more so connected to food, I would say, actually.
0: Well, that's really interesting. I suppose it leads on to my first question, which is, how would you describe yourself? But I think for any of us that are in this sort of food world and do all these sort of multiple roles and jobs, sometimes it's hard to actually pinpoint exactly what you are.
2: What what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, people often ask that question, I think. So you have to kind of, I definitely had to kind of work out my answer rather than being like, uh, well, I... um, So I just tend to say I'm a food writer, trying to kind of do more presenting because I think that's what I really...
0: Mm-hmm. I really love.
2: I just love entertaining. Um, so, it, you know, if you if you want to do the one-liner, that's that generally is what I say. If you know, if it's, if it's you know, you like a passing someone by at a at a drinks party, and they're not there for the whole half hour, you know, spiel on what you're doing and where you want to go,
0: definitely makes it easy for people. It doesn't if you can just make it a little bit more simple, even if it's way more complex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How's this last year been? I know, obviously, it's affected us differently and it's definitely affected the food and beverage industry really hard and as many other industries but how's it affected you and what you do?
2: I mean I think yeah like I think for most of us it's been a hard year. Um, I think actually for me I I, I just felt really like blessed and grateful not just obviously because I think my, my work and stuff kind of carried on and I had to adjust a bit but I think also just because I had my partner at home a lot more, which for me just felt very spoiling and very lovely. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. And I think, yeah, as we, I mean, as we know, like the it was just catastrophic for the hospitality industry. But yay that everything's opening up. Yeah, So put some positivity out there. That's very exciting. Um, I think from a work point of view, I think all of us did this. We had to sort of find other ways to do things just like we're doing a virtual recording now. You know, for me, that was quite useful. So things that I've been putting off because I was, you know, a bit nervous about them and then maybe they're time consuming and, you know, I'm not sure and it's quite a lot of effort and you're not really sure how it's going to go. So even if just I started to do a lot more video content.
1: We all did. which is Yeah, we all did. We all it's did. like, oh,
2: filming yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now it's something that we're all doing more of and I think that's really great because I think... You know it was it was very easy to kind of there also is, i think especially when you work for yourself, there's always something to do, so you could always distract yourself with something that is actually useful, yeah, but then perhaps there are other things that you could be doing that they just kind of get full you know they get left behind and then you find yourself being like, "Oh God, I wish I had done that or I wish I did this, and I think the set like you know all the time we had at home really. Maybe you know, I'd, I really would finish the to-do list. I'd be like, right, well, now I really have to do the video stuff because because I've got the time. So yeah. you know, I did a lot more of that,
0: and it was just the things that are just that little bit out of your comfort zone, just. Just get pushed to the end of the list, or <laughs> don't make it further and further down.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, obviously, you're so passionate about food. You know, you started your snack business um when you were when you were uh, in college and things. Um, but, but where do you think your passion comes from? Is it your family? Is it some? Is it you know from traveling? Where does your passion come from?
2: I mean, yes. Probably My family have probably a lot to do with it. My my mum's always been really amazing at doing dinner parties. And my dad, even now, is the kind of, if, you know, I, I don't see him that often. But when I do, and we go for dinner, it's just very normal for there to be, you know, like four more people who just turn up, who maybe he's just met two of them. Like, you know, my dad lives by the sea, so on the beach or like at the pub. So they are like natural entertainers, Um, my parents, I really love people that love food and like the older I get, the more I realize that I I almost love people that love food more than I love food. I knew kind of when I was working in restaurants that being a chef was not the path that I wanted to go down. I think it really is a calling. It's, it's kind of like similar to like being like a, like an, like an artist or a writer or something. I think it is a vocation that is, it kind of is all consuming. And I, I have such deep respect for chefs who, you know work the restaurants and work the hours and i i I did it and i I don't think it was the hours, but i think i think i was i am more interested in 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 the people um I love the whole drama of the hospitality i love the kind of performance of it I love restaurants and i love i love the people um so I I think it's, I think it's, I think it's conversations often, I guess, and and kind of humans. And I do find it's often good people, like good, interesting, wonderful people who are quite loving. And, you know, I guess hospitable, like if you think about the hospitality industry, that's what it means. Um, I think that's what I really, I really love. And I think you can do and say so much with food and you know, I naturally love to cook and it is, I mean, it's like the ultimate expression of love, isn't it really?
0: I think it
1: is. I totally agree. It's it's all about the people and you are the hostess with the mostest, I would say. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Because you do a lot of amazing pop-ups and you do fantastic dinner parties. You've got lots and lots of tips up your sleeve and you really know how to entertain I think. Can you tell us some of your tips for hosting uh, to begin with and then we'll sort of move into the sustainable and waste-free as we go along with our chat but um which I feel like are
2: often linked they're often linked yeah
1: absolutely so what are your best tips for hosting in general and especially now because I think lots of people are going to go get right back into it yeah oh my god I I think so
2: well I so I would always say always go with something it sounds like a boring one but always cook or prepare food that I think you feel comfortable with and that you know like this is not the time to start pulling out some kind of like creme brulee or like souffle and like do something very impressive that you have no idea how to do or you feel quite nervous about doing because chances are it will go wrong you'll end up having to throw it away or you know you'll be very stressed and you won't be happy with it and you won't enjoy I guess the whole process So I tend to go with say go with a meal a menu that makes you feels quite comfortable even if it feels quite simple um Hmm. I in fact I would tend to like veer more on the simple side and then you know, there's a lot that you can do with garnishes and presentations. So things like loads of herbs or like beautiful flaked almonds, um, you know, edible flowers, if we're going really fancy. Um, and then even, even just the way that you present things. So if you are doing a pasta dish, um, which can actually be quite, although it's simple, can be quite problematic if you're feeding, you know, maybe like 10 people because yeah. you're plating 10 plates. Maybe rather than plating it up on the hop, just just put it all onto like your biggest serving dish and then come to the table with this huge kind of platter of, you know, like spaghetti tumbling. And then, you know, you can like sprinkle some, you know, again, like some put some herbs, fresh herbs there, or you can use like some cheese if you're using cheese. Um, and I just think that there's so much drama you you bring so much drama to the table by kind of presenting this big sort of like pile of like wonderful spaghetti, and it's just such a simple way of 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 doing something that actually in actual fact is just quite a simple it's quite a simple dish. So I think presentation has a lot to do with it. And then table wise, I'm a big fan of making the table just look a little bit more special. I think especially when you're entertaining, it really does kind of like just elevate the evening and set it apart a bit and. You know, that people often say, oh, you know, but I don't have pretty things to put on the table and I don't have matching cutlery and I don't have glasses and all this stuff. And actually that I don't think any of that stuff matters. But I think it, it, there are lots of little things that you can do just to make it feel a bit um, more special. So I often buy like loads of lemons or you can even buy, you know, like a bag of apples mm. and, you know, and put, like put them in a big bowl or even have them running down the table. And it just sort of makes it a little bit a little bit special. Um and then, you know, stem vases is a, it's basic thing. But, you know, rather than spending loads of money on a big bunch of flowers, just get a couple of nice stems and, you know, put them in jam jars. So if you've got little nice bottles, you know, lo- you can get lots of like juices and like nut milks and stuff and they come in nice glass bottles. I tend to kind of keep them and then use them. And also it means you can actually see who's sitting opposite you rather than this like big bunch of flowers <laughs> in the way. Yes, um, exactly. So- <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I would say so those of them, it's almost like simplicity and then all about the little flares and the little touches, thinking about them.
0: I, mean, I suppose, I mean, again, maybe it's just about personalization as well. When I, you know, go to eat or nice little um, uh, dinner party or something, and if they've made something cute and special for you that's always lovely not that I'm doing it myself but I love that (laughs) that's
2: why I mean I'm a big fan of the canapé I've always tried to be the canapé gum back and again it doesn't have to be complicated like even getting some nice crackers and sprinkling uh, sprinkling spreading like a little bit of homemade pesto on it because that is something actually people really want to eat that that's so delicious and yummy and quite simple but it just makes it a little bit different, you know. It just makes it different from having your mates over for supper. It makes it, you know, slightly more special. And I guess, that, like you say, personal. Yeah,
0: and I suppose it's, and you can approach things in different ways, can't you? So, mm-hmm. and probably even not necessarily more work. In fact, maybe less work. But it just seems that a little bit more special somehow. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I think it's nice to go out in the garden as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many green spaces in the UK that it's nice to just even like beautiful twigs and branches and just uh that sort of um foliage yeah, yeah exactly um that represents the seasons
2: yeah th- that's really lovely
0: but Tina, I've got to remember I mean I we I didn't actually know you at the time but it wasn't your fir- one of your first events in the UK like an outside dinner party <laughs> oh my god
1: yes I did a pop-up with Sarah she's so delicious and Olivia is called Adelasta Food Textures on Instagram.
2: Oh, she's great.
1: We decided to do a pop-up in a secret garden. So we got a gazebo. We did candle lights, all candlelights. It was seven courses. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. And we decided not to do just one night, but I think we decided to do two nights in a row. Uh With the inexperience that we had at the time, we were like, yeah, yeah, let's do two nights, seven courses. Great. Because
0: you weren't even living here, were you? So logistically, very difficult.
1: Very difficult. Rented a car or no, rented a van. And I was like, yeah, I'll drive a van in London traffic. No problem. (laughs) Going into alleyways and getting sort of tables and chairs and cutleries and having bus drivers wind down wind down the window going learn how to drive you <laughs> oh, like, no, oh my oh god! god
2: <laughs> I always think the things that we wouldn't have done if we had known how difficult they were going to be sometimes I look back at things I've done and I'm like God, if I knew that it was going to be like that, there is no way I would have done it. But now I'm like, oh, I'm really glad I did it. But had I known, there's no way I would have been doing some of those things. I think back to like nights in industrial kitchens, Sunday night, late at night packaging boxes and sticking labels on like packets of seeds at three in the morning. There's no way I would have been doing that now.
1: Yeah, but (laughs) isn't it good? I think we all go through that stage where you just say yes to everything. You're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're like in it going, oh, gosh,
0: <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I know, but there's always a way, isn't there? Once you've said yes, you, you know, That's you, you want to make it work. So you will be able to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So sustainability and waste free and seasonality and hosting as as we sort of touched upon is all intertwined and mm-hmm. with your book Land and Sea, I guess you were quite pioneering in the sense that Sustainability and seasonality and eating local is, is quite the thing now. Yeah quite the buzzword everyone's doing it
2: (laughs) although although we should be doing it it does I mean still I think when you I often read kind of you know like all the food critics and stuff and it's still it's funny isn't it how restaurants still really push that that what they're doing is is seasonal and I'm like surely anything that we're doing especially if it's modern you know modern European or something you know like it should always be seasonal like we should always be eating seasonally like seasonality and 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 sort of zero waste or you know you know, being sustainable with the way that you eat, I think, are naturally very linked. Um, Absolutely. Uh, for me, I think it was it was sort of really focusing on eating with the seasons that made me think even more about kind of the st- sustainability element. I think just because when you eat something in its prime, you're aware that it won't be there forever. So, like you know, at the moment we you know we are kind of mid asparagus season. Asparagus aren't going to be there forever. Yeah. Um, and so you really cherish it. And it's. And I think the more you, you know, asparagus are quite, I say that because it's quite an obvious, very short season, it's a hype, hyped up season. Most people are aware of when asparagus season is, I think, because, you know, we, we talk about it like it has a season, but actually everything has a season, not just asparagus, you know. Yeah. Winter tomatoes have a season, summer tomatoes have a season, strawberries and raspberries. So I think it's a good thing that people are becoming more aware of kind of, the seasonal element of all, all ingredients.
1: Absolutely, I totally agree. Um, what tips have you got for people entertaining and in terms of sort of, we've got the seasonality, but being waste free? I guess I find that you sometimes end up with lots of leftovers because you've sort of miscalculated or to sort of use up as much as possible. What tips have you got if you are entertaining to to not waste?
2: I think we often have leftovers. Sometimes I cook with the leftovers in mind, which actually is the sensible thing when you're entertaining. Because sometimes you want to make you want it to feel abundant. I think that's quite natural. You don't want you don't want to present food where it feels like maybe there isn't enough and then people don't want to take too much. So I think it's it is kind of a normal thing. You know, it's not a bad thing to have leftovers at the end. Of entertaining or ever, it's you know it's it's a good thing so I think if you think about that kind of like forward thinking when you're planning to perhaps create things I mean I I, at the moment at the top of my head I can't think of anything that doesn't really work as a leftover but I'm sure there are things that you can make that maybe don't work as you know don't work so well all of us here cook predominantly vegetarian or or vegan I think if especially if you cook like that that you get so much from your leftovers. Leftovers stretch a long way. So I think thinking about something that maybe you would enjoy. Um, and then another thing I like to do, if I know that there are going to be loft- lots of leftovers, is either ask my guests or just provide them myself. Because I'm often kind of, I've often got lots of jars from kind of like you know old peanut butter jars or miso paste or you know jars of tomatoes and stuff um but to fill make basically like little lunch jars you know like we see it all the time like fancy yep. layered kind of salad-y jars and you can do that and then you when everybody leaves it's quite nice like getting a party back but you get like a, a leftover jar and it's someone's lunch for the next day you know it's like they're working lunch or like you know it's something they can they can add to their dinner or something the next day so that's a really nice way um and also i think you know if people haven't manage to try everything if you if you kind of have got a like big medley of salads or something it's really fun to kind of make those and and give them to people and then another thing I was going to mention because it's something that I often have a lot in fact I have it right now is I often have herbs at the end when I've done entertaining because I'll overbuy herbs and then I've got loads of herbs and they don't last forever they can't just sit there and so I'm like panic panic what do I do with the herbs um so I often either blitz them up and just freeze them like as a blitzed up almost like herb paste and you can add it to soups or sauces or you know like a curry or something mm. um, or I sort of make a herb like a herby oil so it almost like freeze pop, pop the chopped herbs into kind of ice cube trays or even like a little bowl and then sort of preserve them in that in that herby oil and again you can use them when they're in the oil you can kind of use the, the actual oil as like a but as a finishing oil, just defrost an ice cube. Or again, use it as more of like a cooking oil and instantly because the herbs will kind of wilt down. Yeah, I love that. Or, you know, just make a pesto. You know, I'm sure we all make a pesto. I, I don't think I ever make pesto when I need pesto. Whenever I need pesto, it's already there. It's already in the freezer. And I feel like when you're in that like, ugh, need pesto, you kind of are in the mood where you don't really want to be making pesto. You want to already have it. So it's great to sort of use up all those excess herbs um and also you don't have to use pine nuts for a pesto I think I would say 90% of the pestos I make are with cashews um or like sunflower seeds and so if you've got like leftover herbs and some sort of nut any
0: nuts great you, yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: any nut is great like it really and a mix of nuts is great as well um but it's it's a great way to use up herbs and if you know you're following my first tip of like put herbs on everything make sure you've got lots of herbs or even sometimes I put herbs down the table because it looks quite pretty instead of plants you're going to end up with a surplus of herbs so it's just a simple way to use them up yeah I
0: love that and Bettina I, I think you've got some amazing tips as well because obviously all your experience being a retreat chef you must have all sorts of leftovers and ways of making different meals and meal stretch and things you're 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 an expert
1: I, I love a leftover. Um, yeah, I I sort of try and incorporate things into next meals and something that I've started doing since moving to the UK and moving to London. So I've only been in London for about three and a half years now. We get sent a lot of stuff or yeah. we get sent a lot of stuff to try as well. And instead of getting sent one thing, sometimes we end up with boxes of stuff And I donate it through this app called Olio and I also donate food. So if I've got surplus food or if I've done an event or if I've done recipe testing, you can just pop down what you've got and what dishes you have and people come and pick it up, which is amazing. Um, And the other thing is, I guess, living in a city, there's a lot of vulnerable people around, especially sort of around... um, centers so if I've got leftovers and I know that I'm going on a tube there's always people around tubes um Mm. so I always bring something with me uh if I've got it extras um if I've been recipe testing and ask if they're hungry or if they want food and 99% of the time they say yes so that's such a good idea yeah uh it's I don't like wasting I guess I I grew up in East Africa, so everything that we cooked and bought was made from scratch. So it sort of really instilled the value of where produce comes from. If we wanted to have a pizza,
2: yeah. we
1: had to make a pizza from scratch. We made the dough, we made the tomato sauce. Um, my mum made the cheese <laughs> from scratch, from the milk that we brought from the farm. So... Um, sort of every little thing counted and I think I've still got this pantry syndrome of, I always buy I'll buy one but maybe two of something just in case yeah I am like this so, no. I'm the same so, <laughs> so I've got a very very good stocked up pantry and also just Bettina's
0: pantry is the best it is absolutely incredible <laughs> anything you could ever need I <laughs> love a
1: pantry <laughs> it's uh and I love a label maker Uh, You can see where this is going. (laughs) I'm always (laughs) reorganizing my pantry and my stuff. Um, So yeah, Olio and and just carrying stuff with you. If you're in a city like London, you will always find Mm -hmm. someone who needs it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do a lot of, you know, when I'm recipe testing, I certainly give a lot to sort of friends and family and things.
2: Neighbours, and... great way to make friends with your neighbours. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I hate throwing things away as well. So it's, it, there's always someone that you can uh, give a lovely little food parcel to.
1: You're in the process of writing in the uh, uh, your latest cookbook, aren't you, Nikki? And I've yep. just finished mine. So I've had very, very happy neighbours for a while so yeah, it's, it's been it's been put on pause at the moment i'm like i'm all <laughs> recipe yeah. out. it's good for feedback as well <laughs> yes it is definitely <laughs> good and bad, yeah, good and bad. <laughs> I'd, I'd, we wanted to talk to you about chocolate
2: actually always talk to me about chocolate thank you by the way <laughs> thank you for my delicious chocolate that you sent to Yay. me i love island chocolate they're such a fun brilliant brilliant company and their chocolate is delicious
0: delicious and the packaging is amazing as well isn't it
2: yeah and also the the playlists you know how they have playlists yes. on the chocolate i'm yeah, like love. what a great thing to get like <laughs> really with your chocolate but i also i had never had that amazing that amazing hot chocolate as uh, the hot chocolate which is so good gosh i mean it's weird that we're drinking hot chocolate almost in june but i'm fine with it
1: there's no yeah, rules i think i'm fine with that as well no, there's yeah. no rules yeah. Uh, and chocolate is very it's very indulgent. It's always a winner winner on any sort of event. Mm-hmm. It's quite it's a great dessert option, but you can also put it in savory dishes. What's your favorite recipe?
2: I have a really yummy chocolate tart also because it's very easy so it's kind of like a no-bake tart. Well, it's like a marmalade chocolate tart so if you hate chocolate orange you're not going to love it. I love chocolate orange um, so I, that's probably one of my favourites. Uh, I don't know what, what else. I what are my other favourites? I mean, like, everybody loves chocolate. There's a flowerless chocolate tart in my book which I also really love and I've made for years. It's like a family favourite and it's very rich which means that actually it's one of those ones that goes quite a long way because it's only like an eight inch or a nine inch kind of cake tin but you can feed almost 20 people with it because it's so rich you only need a little bit sometimes quite a good thing rather than having to kind of fit two cake tins in your oven or kind of do one at a time you can you know it's going to kind of cover the cover all basis
0: oh that sounds so good I'm craving chocolate now
2: (laughs) what about chocolate truffles Mm. that's another good one also so many things you can do with chocolate truffles you can like also very easy one to kind of vegan veganify veganize um yeah (laughs) veganize that's the word veganize (laughs) um and also like rum i mean i i think alcohol is such a perfect match for chocolate as well um like rum coconut chocolate very good mix for a truffle
1: Mm. it is indeed and also when i went to barcelona when Uh, quite a long time ago now (laughs) Uh, as we've skipped a year Um, (laughs) they they eat they serve really really dark chocolates sort of 80 to the 90 percentile with uh, sea salt and wa- red wine oh that sounds so good yeah Whoa, that's a very very
2: nice combo yeah an intense flavor like very kind of like rich flavor isn't it yeah, yeah. and
1: with the salt it's like yeah mm. definitely recommend trying that so
0: is that an after meal thing or is it just a uh, anytime I can't remember
1: of? if we'd had a meal before or after and then I also did a chocolate tasting this was years ago um where I realized that Chocolate and cacao have got sort of more flavour notes um, than than wine, really. And you can properly do like a chocolate tasting. But, um, yeah, I can't remember if it was before or after a meal. Might have been after or during. I don't know. Anyways, try it. It's a really, really nice thing to try.
0: I mean, the food in Barcelona is absolutely incredible i'm just dying to go back there me
1: too (laughs) um how about chocolate and savory dishes what do we say to that
2: i quite like chocolate and savory dishes i mean i can really only think of kind of like bean kind of like black beans and um chili chili yeah exactly anything like that i think it really makes it makes it makes it kind of like sing i haven't really used chocolate in in any other savory things
0: chili is the classic isn't it
2: yeah chili is definitely the classic and it sort of it gets better with
0: time. Yes.
2: Yeah, it's the same with coffee, actually. Coffee also goes a long way, I think, in some savoury in that in that a similar way like that.
0: So, Alexandra, last but not least, mm-hmm. the question that we always ask everyone that comes on our podcast. Yeah. What do you think is the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you?
2: annoyingly I can't remember who gave me this piece of advice but I guess the good thing is that I can remember it and all it is is that the only way is through so I have struggled a lot with my kind of anxiety in the past and I think working for yourself um, for me I definitely sometimes find I get very frazzled and overwhelmed with everything and there isn't because you i am the one to implement my structure it's very easy to get kind of like overwhelmed with everything and it's all self-implemented but someone once said to me the only way is through um i think it's something i say to myself a lot whenever i feel in that sense where i feel like there's too much on and i'm not sure how to do it and i always feel kind of paralyzed with fear that i can't make the next decision and it is something i just i just say to it's a very simple thing the only way is through But when you feel stuck and you're like, how am I meant to do this? Mm. What what do I do now? Where do I go now? The only way is through. It's a very basic thing. But I think for me, it's really kind of served served me in those situations. It
0: sort of practical as well isn't it I mm-hmm. suppose having the sort of realization that you know you will get through it but you have to go through
2: it anything's possible exactly yeah. that's such a great way of putting it you will get through it but you have to go through it that's great yeah,
1: yeah that's, that's a good one that's a really good addition I think
2: yeah
1: <laughs> oh great <laughs> I know so we've got some quick fire questions for you and I will get them started so white milk or dark chocolate
0: dark crisps or chocolate chocolate
2: butter
1: or olive oil
2: tough one olive oil especially because we're in summer
0: avocado or mango avocado ketchup or mayo
2: mayo hands down
0: cake or pie
2: cake french fry or cheese toastie? this one is difficult <laughs> i mean french french fry french fry yeah french fry
0: and finally you've spoken about this one before chocolate truffle or chocolate mousse
2: chocolate truffle i think for me oh,
0: me too me too every time yeah (laughs) (laughs) love a truffle I'm like both 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 (laughs) both 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 on everything yeah yeah yeah,
1: both both. both. both, both. oh thank you so much for agreeing and coming and having a chat with us thank you so much for having me yeah we hope to see you really soon
2: in the flesh well hopefully we'll do something soon yeah I'd love that
1: thank you very much for listening to What the Focaccia I hope you've enjoyed our food conversations and please do have a listen to the rest of the episodes to hear more brilliant stories about everything and anything to do with food.
0: And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, Islands Chocolates, who grow their own cocoa directly from seed on their farm in the Caribbean. And if you like hot chocolate, you'll find their proper hot chocolate in any Gales Bakery, where you can actually choose between 65 and 75% cocoa and have a Gales Barista make a creamy high flavor hot chocolate for you.
1: Don't forget that you can get 15% off anything you order from their website, which is islandschocolate.com. Just use the code Islands, W-T-F, that's I silence wtf at the checkout
0: and please do give us a five star rating if you've enjoyed the podcast it really does help spread the word and if you want to follow bettina and myself you'll find us on instagram thanks for listening and we'll be back soon